0: Welcome to the Husker Twenty Four Seven Podcast. I'm Brian Kristofferson. I'm joined by Michael Bruntz in our studio, our massive studio space. Mm-hmm. Mike Schaefer is out, so we're gonna we're just gonna hold it down. Uh, how are you doing over there?
1: Not bad. I uh, are you enjoying what what January and early February have become? We're in a, a recruiting dead period. Basketball is struggling. Baseball has yet to start. Spring ball less than a month away. But, yes, uh, it's it, it feels weird.
0: Oh, it's been a little. It's been a little boring. T- t- this morning when I woke up, I had the theme song from the Golden Girls in my head. Have you been watching a lot of Golden Girls? No, or, okay. But that's like where my mi- my mind has like this opening for
1: things that it doesn't need right now. You know the song. I, Thank you for yeah, being no. a friend. Do you have a? Are you are you a Blanche or are you a? Uh, I I haven't watched the Golden Girls. Which, who was the gal? There's a gal who was a little bit of a
0: play, playboy, playgirl. Um, it might have been Blanche. I don't know. There's people listening right now who are like. Well, there's
1: Betty White was Rose. B. Arthur was Dorothy. Rue McClanahan was Blanche. Blanche. <laughs> Blanche was a little bit of a. She was wild. Yeah, and then Estelle Getty. Yeah, kind of the the firecracker.
0: You know what? That's a pretty good cast, though. Yeah. Like, I know B. Arthur's like kind of a joke now, like in stand up. Like I, but I think it's because she's well respected in like the stand up community. So I think she was viewed as kind of a hilarious woman, and obviously Betty White. Um, that's that show had some things going for Seven it. Seven seasons. Well, I can believe it. Yeah. My family used to watch it. I think it used to be on a saturday night i this could be one of those things where you're kind of misremembering things from your childhood slightly, uh-huh. but we used to always order pizza and they had like they used to have programming on Saturday night that was sort of family oriented yeah w- which is weird now, but you, we would sit down and we'd watch that. We'd watch a show called Amen. Do you remember Amen? No, <laughs> it was like a spin off of two two seven I think, but um <laughs> I'm going way down um, man, this. this is. A- <laughs> Anyway, uh, Golden Girls was a pretty good show, oh, and
1: Sh- Sherman Hemsley. Yeah. Okay. Jeffersons. Yeah, he he started an moving on up. Well, yeah, yeah, he was a deacon. I
0: okay. think he was a deacon in the show. But anyway, that's uh, that's where I'm at. Is I was humming, "Thank you for being yeah. a friend."
1: So that's uh, we need stuff to happen so that you're not
0: pretty good sing, lyrics. Sing, you, sing I Gold just pulled Green. up the lyrics. You could you could say these like in the spoken word at a. You know, with people snapping their fingers, and uh-huh. if you threw a party, invited everyone you knew, well, you would see the biggest gift would be from me, and the card attached would say, "Thank you for being a friend." Oh, okay. And it repeats itself four times. Then. The, uh,
1: yeah, I, I I didn't watch it a ton. It was it was off air by '92. Uh,
0: mm. Yeah, I was I was just a little tyke, but good show. Um, and we've got a good show. Is that, how's that? It's going to get better. <laughs> Is it? I, I, prob- I hope. <laughs> well, let's go from uh, talking about the Golden Girls to talking about uh, Golden Recruits from the 2020 class. Okay. How's that?
1: That's good. We, we, we didn't actually do a podcast last week. Um, again, a quiet um, February signing day. Nebraska officially announced three walk-ons, one of whom had been a walk-on for a long time, but apparently submitted his paperwork. So... No Scott Frost press conference. Uh, w- let's put a bow on the 2020 class. Let's do it. It, 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 it hasn't changed, but what uh, we we, we at us at 24/7 uh, have long done the Super Six, which or where various media members submit their however they see see fit to make the list, whether mm-hmm. it's best guys now, best guys long term. Um, you know, most impactful, you know, guys that have great film, however you want to do it. There's no, no parameters, but we rounded all those up. Should we go through our, yours and mine real quickly? Okay. I don't think that ours deviated too much from the composite super six, which is the combination of everybody. Do you have the composite in front of you? I I am pulling it up now. Okay. And, um, You want to go through yours first? I can read the composite.
0: Just give us the composite, then we'll go through ours. So give us the composite and the top sleepers. Okay, so the composite,
1: uh, Omar Manning, Juco wide receiver. Uh, Turner Corcoran, offensive line number two. Keyshawn Green, linebacker number three out of Florida. Logan Smothers, quarterback number four. Uh, wide receiver Xavier Betts, number five, and Sevion Morrison, uh, running back out of Oklahoma, is number six. Um, that's the group there that was kind of the uh, amalgamation of everybody's put together. Who's Ooh, nice in yours? word. Nice yeah. word. It's a uh, man. When you don't have stuff going on, it's just like <laughs> vocab just floating around. Wow. Here. Yeah. Um, so who'd you have on yours? Okay.
0: Um, I had Keyshawn Green, number one. Who did you have, number one?
1: Oh, you don't have it in front of you? Omar Manning. So, okay,
0: why did you have Omar Manning one?
1: Well, because I, I, he's a wide receiver that Nebraska has not had of that build, of that stature. Um, since Maurice Purify, is that fair to say? Yeah, I love me some Mo P. Um, you know, I, I think he's going to make that group look different. I think those much maligned swing passes and quick passes to the outside will look a little bit different with him out there blocking he's a very willing blocker um, so he he was the guy that Nebraska had to get, they got him uh, grades still potentially an issue but I, I think he's got the opportunity to um, be really impactful from day one and I always make my list too where I, I kind of say okay at the end of their careers, looking back on this group. I see these six guys as guys that we're going to say are hits. And that's kind of how I took it. And I think Omar Manning is going to be a big hit for Nebraska.
0: Well, he's got to be a shooting star. That's the the only thing that you could be down on him about. I guess is if you and I don't think Schaefer had him on his list,
1: and the, his reasoning was that he's only a two-year guy, right? He he does not include junior college players typically on his list. He's wow, a, he's a man of
0: principle. <laughs> Anti-JUCO, huh? Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I like I had Manning too, and I'm I think everything you said applies there, so I'm not going to repeat. But my number one was Keyshawn Green. Um, I just think not only. Do I think he his when you watch his highlights? Does he just jump the most to me out of anybody? But also, I felt like he made the perception of the entire class move mm-hmm. when he committed that one weekend just before early signing day. Because I felt like there was this nervousness that was still prevailing over everything, and it was part of it was to the linebacker situation. People were worried about what was going to happen with Caden Johnson, and thinking that you know, might not be and it ended up not being. Mm-hmm. But then Keyshawn Green just comes up here, sees snow for the first time, is like, I love this snow, you know, and that wasn't obviously the only reason. But it was kind of a storybook little deal where this guy from Florida who'd been committed to Florida State forever jumps on board. Frost called it kind of a miracle. And when you watch him, even at the all American game, which is glorified football, uh, you know, it's just a it's a glorified practice. Um he, he goes out there, and you can see, like, this is a playmaker mm-hmm. in that
1: short time. He he weighed in down there at, at 192 pounds, um, right around 6'2", six, 6'3", six, I think. Do you foresee him being able to have a role for Nebraska in 2020, knowing that, you know, he, he's a legit 4'4 guy, too, by the way. Like, it's, it's not, you know, one of those puffed-up um, – know 40 times but you know do, do you see him at you know ha- being able to put on weight and, and having a role for nebraska and at, at inside linebacker i guess in 2020
0: i think a couple things make it possible one i don't think there's anybody there that we know that's just awesome yet you know maybe there's some guys who are going to be um but colin miller and will honus are going to have to hold off the younger crew if if he's going to indeed play inside backer which mm-hmm. he's listed as um, Keyshawn Green, that is, uh, Nick Henrich, I'm excited about, but I think if you've listened to Barrett Rude talk, I remember last year I was asking him about young guys playing as a true freshman and how, you know, difficult that must be with all of the stuff they have to process. And I remember he smiled, he said, I did it. And so Barrett, the coach of that position comes from the mindset of this can be done, Mm-hmm. He's not going to be against playing a young guy if he feels like he can process it quickly. And if this guy is truly at another level um, and he's that type of player, I think it's possible. I think the other part of it is I truly believe this staff last year, they kind of played the long game with some recruits and redshirting them, but I felt like near the end you would hear Scott Frost say out loud, like, yeah, there's some guys we wish we would have played more. And I sort of think they're going to take that as a lesson into this year. And this is just me reading those, hearing that out loud and thinking, mm-hmm. how are they going to apply it now? And I think they might be more willing to pull the trigger
1: on some younger guys. Well, I, I think that that spot too, you know, Barrett Root has said it, that, you know, they, they, want, they want four guys that they can play at the inside linebacker spot because they, they like to rotate. They know they're going to have to defend a lot uh, of plays. So, you know, they, they just haven't had four that they could throw in there and, and feel good about. And I think that's maybe where the door is open for a guy like a, you know, a Keyshawn Green or a Nick Henrik or a Luke Reimer, who yeah. I thought looked great in, in small uh, little bursts. So I, 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 I agree with you. I mean, if he can process it, he adds some weight because, I mean, you're as good as you can be. You're not playing middle linebacker in the Big Ten at 190. Um, If he can hold the speed, put on some weight, I I think he's got a shot. And I agree with you uh, kind of about the way Nebraska handled last year's redshirts. I think they went in wanting to keep that group together as much as they could, redshirt and bring them along. But I think at the same time, they kind of out-thought themselves a little bit in some situations with how they use guys or – in a lot of cases, didn't use guys that, that probably could have helped him on the field last year.
0: Yeah, I think
1: you'll you could
0: see it in the case of Keyshawn. I think you'll definitely see it in the running backs, which we might get to here as we go down the list with mm-hmm. just like giving them more of a shot. But okay, I had Manning at number two. Um, you you I think covered that ground pretty well, and I agree with that. Who do you have it to?
1: Uh, Turner Corcoran is mine. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of obvious. I mean, it, where he ends up will be interesting. I think he could play guard and be just as effective as he is at tackle. I think guard might be a, a faster trek to the to playing time, uh, especially with him enrolling early. But, uh, you know, uh, another guy that's, you know, top five at, at his position in the country was huge for this class to get in the boat early on. Um, you know, we, we've kind of hashed him quite a bit. But let, let's get in, I think, Farther down the list. You had Blaze Gunnarsson at number four. Talk yep. about that one a little bit. And, and my four through six kind of deviate a little bit. Oh, too, it's going to yeah, get interesting. It, it, we're we're going to have Might some. Might get a little heated. Yeah, a little heated. Yeah.
0: Remember those Golden those Grill Golden lyrics well, if it gets a little intense and mm-hmm. the friendship, the yep. stress there. Um, number four, Gunnarsson for me. I'm, I wrote this last night on our site, but... I'm sort of buying into, like, listening to Frost and the staff whenever I hear Gunnarsson come up. Um, they just love him. I mean, they they love his personality. Uh, Frost described him as this enormous kid who almost intimidates you when he walks next to him, and Frost is a huge dude. I have a feeling when we get to spring ball in a month and they let everybody in, you know, for the 30 minutes and there's all these hot take observations – I have a feeling because what is that usually based off? Oh, that guy looks yeah big. Yep. You know, Blaze Gunnerson at like an outside backer spot um, with his size. I if he if he's out there as I he's planning to be. He's had some injuries, but um, I think people are going to be like, man, look at that kid. It's mm-hmm. he's. I have a feeling he's going to be one of those guys. Sort of we like we were with Ben Hart. I think the first time we saw him, yep. we were just like, man, he is really a mountain of a dude. Yep. Um, but I, I think he's one of those guys when you did watch him play and you watch his highlights, um, you saw that he's just all over the field. He's a hybrid type. And I feel like had there not been injuries, he would have been way more highly recruited. Um, but that's the part with him. You got to see about is the injuries because that's been a part of his history so far. That doesn't mean it has to be going forward, but it's the one like concern you have.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, he basically didn't have a junior season, so, uh, you know, he, he was a little bit of an unknown. I mean, we we saw him work out at the Friday Night Lights camp actually delaying the start of his official visit so he could do that, and, I mean, it seemed a little bit unfair that, a, you know, an offensive <laughs> lineman's having to try to block him in a one-on-one situation with no pads on. Like, Don't you like that about him, too? And I think that's part of
0: his personality the staff probably digs is that yeah. he had it made already at that point that nebraska liked him Mm -hmm. he didn't have to go out there and work out he could have stood there and been cool on the sideline and i think he's the type of guy who's like now there's a chance to
1: compete i'm gonna go do it it's it's the the ryan held what does he always say you know what's a guy that has the cleats in his go play in a parking lot yeah that's That's like you yeah (laughs) i cleats ready to go um so i i'll go through my fourth Four through six really quickly. I had Alante Brown at number four. I like – that's going to look good, I think. Uh, Jaden Francois, the cornerback, at number five. And William Nixon at at number six. And I think Brown has a a chance right away to make an impact for Nebraska. I think that he was overlooked a little bit because it was a short recruitment, came out of the prep school ranks, but he's just a very talented athlete uh, out of Chicago – I think that you know he, he's big, physical, athletic. I, I really think that uh, you know that Nebraska got a little bit of a steal there uh, in him. Uh, Francois is super productive as a safety in Florida. Uh, they're gonna—he's listed at cornerback, and I, I think that Travis Fisher has a good eye for guys that are maybe recruited by other people as safeties, but maybe make more sense at corner. And I, I, I'm kind of leaning, I guess, on, on high school production there for for thinking that he's got a chance. And then William Nixon's a guy that kind of had a no-fuss recruitment, um, kind of in the, you know, a not a poor man's Del Robinson because that's not fair, but he was extremely productive as a runner and as a receiver, and I, I think he's a good fit for this offense. Coach's kid, th- there's a lot of, of reasons why I think, you know, he, he's going to have a chance to, to be pretty productive in this offense. So – uh that that was my four through six who did you have
0: yeah interesting too about Alante brown he ran the fastest 40 supposedly of anybody mm.
1: over there mm-hmm. um
0: after the break so that's that's pretty good for a kid you know just showing up um yeah four was gunnarson five for me was xavier bats out of bellevue west sort of along the same lines of um Omar Manning, I, I just think he gives Nebraska an outside weapon that they didn't possess. And if you listen to somebody like Bellevue West coach Michael Huffman talk about a guy like Betts, and he Huffman's also a Husker fan, so he watches it closely. He said, you know, they just didn't have anybody like Manning and Betts. Mm-hmm. And, and when you don't have that, it basically handcuffs you as a play caller. Um, and I think you saw that a lot with Frost. That's why everybody – you know, it's the offseason, so there's these little talking points like, Oh, maybe Frost should give up the play calling and stuff like that. I keep going back to they need to stack up the wide receiver spot and know what they're doing out there. And if they do that, I think it's gonna look a lot different on the offensive side of the ball if there's a lot more weapons. But it starts with having those big targets like Betts. And the one thing I'll say about Betts is I remember when Friday Night Lights became a big deal under Riley that one year and you had these guys like Joseph Lewis and some of these Big wide receivers who would come in, and they're impressive-looking guys. You're like, okay, that's four or five-star type receiver. When Bet showed up at the one last year, and even though he's working against people who weren't his caliber, just the look of him, I was like, he takes a backseat to none of those kids mm-hmm. that I saw yep. in the years previous. And I, I re- he's got to get here early though. He's got to get the grades right, and I think guys are people are pushing him to, to get that done. Cause that's what it's going to take for him to have a shot to play, uh, right away. Six for me was Sevian Morrison. Mm-hmm. Um, I was almost swayed by the Marvin Scott Twitter photo, <laughs> in which he looked like he. W- was were you a pissed hold- off
1: that somebody got a hold of your workout? Yeah, he's stealing my workout
0: <laughs> regimen. That's really ridiculous. But it works. That goes to show that if you put in the time, like I told Marvin. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're you're going to get results. It might not happen the first week. People got to remember that. Yeah. But, Um, you got to rip off those 900 curls (laughs) in a day. Marvin Scott, if no one saw that photo on social media, that guy, I mean, try, imagine like a 10th grader trying to tackle that. Yeah. That doesn't seem fair. Yeah. Um, I had Sevian Morrison though, because one, as a junior, he had like 2,600 rushing yards and averaged like 13 to carry almost. Mm -hmm. He broke all Spencer Tillman's records. I think if you watch his film, he's a do-it-all back. He's not just fast and a home run hitter, but he's physical and can just run through people. And that's what Frost says about him. He says he's a complete back that you don't have to take off the field when you change. So that's why I had him in my top six. The guy I almost had was Ronald Delancey. I like Delancey, and I think Frost does too. He talks about how he's one of those guys who gets giddy about just practicing. And so I think when he shows up in the summer, he'll be interesting to watch how he fits into this group that's already been here mm-hmm. of early enrollees
1: at defensive back. But um, who's your sleeper? Yeah, we, we both went junior college with our sleepers. Uh, I went with uh, Va Ma- Maga Clements uh, out of Diablo Valley College. Uh, how he kind of fits in will be interesting going forward because he was a guy that's a little bit, thinner, uh, former safety, added a bunch of weight. I, I think he's got talent. I think he's got a chance to fit into what Nebraska does, but I think there's going to be a little bit of a, not a learning curve, but more of like a size curve there. Cause I mean, he's going to need to put the weight in uh, or the, or the work in this off season to kind of get up to speed, but you know he's got fun film, When you watch him fly around. You can see that working in this defense. Just a matter of you know whether the the physical s- stuff can kind of match up for him.
0: Sleeper is always a hard one, but I always I wanted to pick somebody who legitimately would be a surprise that <laughs> people aren't really talking about. That I still think could surprise, and I think Nico Cooper maybe fits the bill. I like that he's got three years of eligibility. So there's time, even if it doesn't happen right away, that he can be in the mix at outside backer. Um, I think he's fits right from a size point of view. He didn't have amazing stats in his JUCO year, so there's some people who are going to wonder about him a little bit. Uh, but, you know, the coaching staff believe he's not only physically developed but also emotionally developed. He's just a mature kid. And I so... I, you know, guys like that who have seen some things and had to take a long and winding route. Sometimes it serves them well when they get to a place like Nebraska. We'll see. Uh, but that's that's who I had for my sleeper.
1: I, I thought Nico Cooper was interesting too because there was a like a two week stretch there where it seemed like you know Nebraska was very obviously going to get themselves a junior college outside linebacker and. They offered a ton of guys. They they brought a few of them to campus. You know, had, had a commitment for a couple of days in one case before yeah. breaking that off. But um, you know, Nico Cooper is the guy that, despite the the lack of stats, uh, they 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 love they they love the physical potential that he has. He's a rangy kid, and I I agree. With, I mean the. The fact that he does have those three seasons is even bigger, too, in terms of being able to develop him and bring him along.
0: And, you know, and it pushes someone – it pushes a guy like Caleb Tanner, too, I have to think, when you already know it's kind of now or never time for you. And then, oh, look, there's Blaze Gunnarsson looking like you know a mansion that's walking in. And uh, Nico's not there yet, but he's going to get some of these guys around him. And I, I think that can help push those guys. Um, we were going to talk also about the scholarship distribution chart a little bit, but before we do that, make sure people are obviously listening to us now. So they've succeeded in that realm, but what are the different ways they can do it?
1: If you're uh, not a subscriber to the podcast, it's free. We think you should. Uh, you could find us on any of your preferred podcast platforms, Spotify, uh, Apple, yeah. The Google uh, Google Music Store, Stitcher, uh, wherever wherever you find your favorite podcast, you'll find us there too. Wherever so podcasts are sold, yes, you, they're not for free. For free, yes, free it, is the keyword. Yeah. So subscribe to the podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, you know, leave us a review if you want. Uh, we only pre- if we, yeah if I get any we, reviews fine we prefer the five-star re- <laughs> reviews so if, if you're thinking it's not a five-star maybe wait and <laughs> we'll see if we can get get those stars back by the end of this thing if you were turned off by the golden too girls much talk, golden girls talk we'll we'll bring it back maybe we'll, too little that's true uh we'll find that happy happy place uh so that's how you can find us all right
0: we won't take forever on this um because I know we're up against the clock I always wanted to say up against the clock yes um Scholar Scholarship distribution and the roster size. How
1: many people are on the roster now, Michael Brunt? So we wrote about this on the site on Monday. And Nebraska currently is sitting at 159 uh, players on the roster currently. That includes the group that's coming in this summer, guys who are already on campus. Uh, that's a high number. Um, and, and I would think that outside of maybe the service academies, you're not going to see... A number that high at the university. It's what Nebraska wanted to do. It's what uh, they sought to do by kind of redoing the walk-on program. Uh, but the interesting piece of that is that only 28 of the 159 players currently on Nebraska's roster were here uh, when Scott Frost and his staff took over in December of 2017. So They're young, I guess. Um, It's his team. It's a lot of new faces, but it's definitely his team. Mm -hmm. And of the scholarship
0: guys, of those 28, I think 20 are on scholarship, Mm -hmm. or at least juniors and seniors. Um, So, yeah, that's interesting. Even when you look at who's on scholarship as far as upperclassmen, and I'm counting that as juniors and seniors, there are 33 total. And 13 of those 33... Are new since the Frost era began. So they're they're like you know JUCO pickups or transfers or whatever. Um, so I mean even the upperclassmen are almost half of them or we're getting close to that are just total Frost guys. Um, when I went through the numbers, it's interesting. Like wide receiver, <laughs> you saw how, what a jam they were in. I mean they have eleven scholarship guys on roster there now but eight of them are freshmen Mm -hmm. either redshirt or true freshmen um or at seven of them i guess yeah seven or eight i'm looking at the number right now but uh i mean so they don't have a lot of veterans there Yeah, seven of them are because Manning's a junior. That's where I was getting confused. But only seven of those guys are on campus right now. So they've only got seven scholarship guys at wide receiver on campus this spring. And so that's why so much attention is going to be on those guys like Darian Chase, Damarian Houston, Jamie Nance, and Elante Brown. Um, Because, I mean, we know what the other guys can do kind of or can't do. And so that's that's where that position's
1: interesting. Yeah, and it's – you know, going forward, I mean, they, they've rebuilt the, the offensive line group. I, I, I think your point about wide receivers uh, is an interesting one. I mean, it, the skill positions are kind of that way, too. I mean, running back almost all, you know, new guys or Frost guys. But ESPN put out their kind of the Bill Connolly came out with his, you know, re- returning production and what Nebraska has coming back. Not Not Nebraska specifically, but – Uh, throughout college football, Nebraska, based on his metric, returns the second-most production in the country on offense. Hmm. So, and and they they divide that up. You get more points for returning quarterback. Uh, You know, if you have more production wide receiver, that supposedly bodes well. You get a percentage for offensive line returning starts. But um, number two in the country on offense, they're they're way down in defense. But – You know, as much as you would look at what the numbers that we just said—you know, 28 of 159—and say, "Wow, this is a really young team," it's young, but they've also got a lot of guys on that offensive side of the ball who have played and, and been productive too. Yeah, and if you go back to what Frost
0: was saying even last year before the season, if you remember, he was when he would talk about his offense before the 2019 season, he would say we're going to have these guys for a while. Mm-hmm. So those guys all went through 19 and are still here. And your Jack Stoll types and, you know, Spielman. And obviously Wandale now has experience. So that computes to me that they would rank high. The one thing I would say where I, I could see it being a little misleading is I feel like a large part of the pie is occupied by a few guys who really got a lot done. Like, you know, Spielman, Wandale, Martinez because of his you know numbers he's gonna right. put up at QB, mm-hmm. Diedrich Mills, and so the big question now is can you really at at like wide receiver can you add like to Spielman and Wandel and make it where like five or six guys are like over 300 receiving yards or something like that? That's right. the big ask I think.
1: Yeah, tight end too. I mean, that's yeah. another spot where you've been waiting for that depth
0: to show itself. Before we head to the second part, is there one spot
1: where you're like, oh, they're still a little thin? Well, I mean, it feels like linebackers getting closer to being where they need to be, but it's you know, th- there's so many questions about that outside group outside of of JoJo Doman that you know, does the talent is the talent there? Do you have the numbers correctly? I mean that that's that's the group I think I would point to, especially on defense that they need to get better at. And I and I will always say, I mean, you, you got to just bring in as many defensive linemen as you possibly can. I mean, they're, they're young there. Uh, I know they love the potential of, of guys like Ty Robinson and Mosai Newsom uh, at those spots, but I I think the front seven is probably where I think you still need to continue to to build up, build up numbers and, and build up depth.
0: Yeah, I mean that's a spot where you're losing three guys who are at the combine now mm-hmm. um, are going to be, and and Khalil Davis is tearing it up. I think I think Khalil's going to have a nice NFL career. On a side note, I think running back, um, is looks okay, but a lot is riding on the young bucks coming in, Sevian Morrison and Marvin Scott.
1: So Nebraska has two open spots right now. Mm -hmm. We're assuming that those are probably geared for transfers. They're going to dip into the portal, put put the helmet on, and and dive in. Uh, What spot would you like to see those go to?
0: I'd take a wide receiver if there's a good one out there because (laughs) – even though they like the freshman, you don't know what you have yet. Mm-hmm. And so if there's a proven wide receiver, and I know some people are a little down because, oh, kind of I know it didn't work out necessarily as everybody hoped, but the every case is different. You can't let that get into this discussion. So I would say that running back's a possibility. Um, I think a pass rusher, whether that's a D lineman or a hybrid, Outside backer type, whatever he may be, whatever mold he is in, I think that's another area.
1: Yeah, I think you'd probably go defense. Mm-hmm. I, I think you find a outside linebacker, edge rusher, uh, you know, a, a defensive end that can come in and give you some snaps. I, I think, you know, as, as much as people point, point to kind of Noah as being, you know, a oh beware of what you find in the portal. Uh, Darian Daniels was a hell of a hit. I mean, to, to have a guy that was your captain. Uh, who was played a ton of snaps. I mean, I I really think that they – I think the hit of Daniels outweighed the quote-unquote miss on Noah, who still played a lot of snaps for you last year. So I I just think I I would angle more towards defense probably, maybe Mm -hmm. wide receiver with those two spots. Sounds good to me. Uh, We're
0: going to keep this thing going on the other side. Uh, You made a list about some some redshirt – to watch. That's going to be a big part of things.
1: Yeah, let's talk some red shirts. So we can do
0: that and some hoops and some baseball. After that, we'll come back on the other side.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday
0: afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild And we're back to the Husker 24/7 podcast. Had a good break. We had a healthy discussion during that break. I got some things, yeah, some important topics
1: we talked about sorry, between us. Sorry for the shouting. I, mean, I didn't think I was going to
0: You got emotional about uh, about your favorite 80s
1: sitcoms. You did. I did. Uh,
0: <laughs> um that was Anyway, uh you made a list about red shirt I not only freshmen, right? Red shirts, just Correct. guys who red shirted mm-hmm. and who you think are the top five. This is a tough list to narrow down because like, there's so many dudes on the roster who were red shirts technically last year who now you're curious about. But who were the guys that you highlighted and we can get into the whole
1: discussion now? Well, I, it was tough to narrow it down to five um, and kind of looking at it. You know that there's a lot of guys from that group, and like we talked about before the break, you know Nebraska, I think, really wanted to keep a lot of those, keep that initial year of eligibility, and really work on developing um, some of these th- these guys who are going to be really key players for Nebraska. Uh, I think you know as soon as as this year, and the five that I highlighted, um, Chris Hickman. Ty Robinson, Miles Farmer, yes. Bryce Benhart, and Travis Vokalek. Vokalek being the a, a redshirt or a, a sitout redshirt after transferring from Rutgers. I, I would be fine with you telling me that there's other others who are more important. I think Keem Green would be a he. He was a just miss on, on my list um same with Darian chase because i'm sitting here holding all this Darian chase stock and i need to do something with it but uh th- those were the five that i came up with uh tell me how i'm wrong oh i don't i don't think
0: you're wrong um as much as i want to tell you you're wrong yeah um the one on vocal x interesting to me i don't know what to make of him yet i'm i'm really curious like i love his size and all that. I think he had to work a little bit on his speed this last off season. I know that's what some of his fellow tight ends would say. They would give honest assessments of each other. Um, but he did, he, he did some things at Rutgers. And I always say that's like at old Rutgers, at least that's like dog years, like one catch counts for seven, Yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so you got to give him that. Um, I like miles farmer a lot. Um, He's maybe my favorite from the batch of those 2019 DBs. Mm-hmm. So – and Quentin Newsome technically wasn't a red shirt, so he didn't apply because he's actually a sophomore. He right. went over his four games. But mm-hmm. I like I think Newsome's going to factor in heavily to the cornerback uh, conversation. Um, I'm trying to think here if there's someone that you left off that – I mean, a lot of people are going to obviously go to, like, a Noah Pola Gates because he was such a big recruit and um, – had the injury, and it was it's said that he's going to be back for spring ball.
1: It was in November. It's yeah, it, and it sounds like an injury though that that could be a little bit more lingering. not lingering, but it, it was maybe a little bit more serious than mm-hmm. what what was what was stated, I guess. Um, I mean, he posted a picture to Instagram the other day of his knee after the surgery, and it was it was rough. It it was hard to look at. Well, I hope he can
0: do something in the spring. If he, if he doesn't, it's not the end of the world. But obviously he's a guy who you hate to – you get here and you're so excited and then just nothing happens for a full year. That's where it becomes really difficult for mm-hmm. some of these guys because you're used to being the guy and then you got to wait your turn. Um, you had Ty Robinson on there.
1: Who I think is going to play a lot. Yes, um, He will. And at different spots too. I mean, I, I think he's got the speed to play outside. It'll be fascinating to see where he kind of comes in weight-wise this spring, because Tony Tuioti was talking in the fall after after Ty Robinson played against Wisconsin and played very well against Wisconsin in his first college game, that they could see him getting up to, you know, three hundred and twenty pounds and being able to function like he's two ninety-five. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that. I, I think he would be at the top of my list, probably. Ty Robinson is like the picture
0: of... Remember when they lost the first year at Iowa at the end and Frost had that speech about, I don't want to see teams looking bigger than mm-hmm. my team yeah. in the trenches? And then they went in, out and they claimed Ty Robinson shortly after that in recruiting. And I always see him as like the picture of, we're not going to be small anymore.
1: Right. You know, because he's just like so giant. Yeah. No, And he... I, I think he's got a, a nice mix of skills that you can move him around. And, and if somebody, let's say, they don't have the, the depth that they really want at end, he could be a guy that could go out there and play some snaps and, and certainly hold his own uh, behind a guy like uh, Damian Daniels, if need be, inside. So I, I think he's, he's a big piece. You, you mentioned Miles Farmer. And, and I always go back to when Nebraska got the commitment from Miles Farmer. I heard from a few guys, per, player personnel guys from around the country, kind of reached out to me and said that, you know, they thought that that was a, a really good get for Nebraska in spite of what the ranking said. Mm-hmm. And you go back and look at what his offer list was when he committed to Nebraska. You know, there were a lot of schools that really saw him. I, I think if if he, if he would have taken his recruitment longer out than it went, he would have gotten a lot more attention, um, on the recruiting trail than he did. So he's a big physical kid. You know, I, I think he was a little bit limited by injury uh, this past year. I think he had like a shoulder thing or something yeah. like that, that that held him out, but got into a few games on special teams. I, I think he's long-term a guy that you can build around in that defensive backfield. Hickman's a really good pick. Uh,
0: Hickman, the most interesting part about him to me is I honestly thought last year if at this time, A year ago, I would have said, yeah, we'll get back to me 12 months from now. I don't think we're going to hear anything from him. He's just going to put on weight. Yep. And I think a lot of us thought that, including, I think, Nebraska coaches, to be honest. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then uh, here he is. You start to hear about him right before the season. And then, you know... They didn't really work him in a lot, but at Maryland he's out there on the first series and he's lined up in the backfield and they put him over here. They they moved him around. Yeah, Purdue too. And he's listed on the depth chart suddenly one week at the end as a wide receiver actually. Mm-hmm. um, It's funny because there's all these veteran tight ends in front of him and yet I sort of wonder if Hickman is the one who is the first to really break down the wall and have a big receiving season.
1: Well, that's the thing is that, you know, you – Jack Stoll's played a lot of football for Nebraska. I don't feel like that that depth chart, even though it's looked the same the last two years with Austin Allen and Kurt Raftall, it doesn't feel set in stone to me. And and when you've got two tight ends on this list, I mean, maybe Hickman's still a wide receiver, I don't know. But w- when you have a guy like Volkolek, who's every bit of 6'6", 250, a guy like Hickman, who's a little bit smaller, but a willing edge blocker, and I think that's what really surprised Nebraska is how good he was as an edge blocker. I, mean, I think they've got a chance with a strong spring and a strong fall camp to get in there and steal some snaps from those guys that have been doing it for a while. So, And, and I agree with you. You talked to, to Sean Becton you know, last spring. I, I don't think that they were thinking that Hickman was going to do much of anything in, in fall camp. Um, and to his credit, he showed up. And, and really, you know, took the opportunity and ran with it. The last guy I had is the key to me. I mean, as, as important as Ty Robinson is on defense, Bryce Benhart is kind of that, you know, the the pivot point for that offensive line because Nebraska wants to move Matt Farniak inside. You know, Scott Frost has said that. Uh, Greg Austin has long believed that, and... You know the 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 problem was is that they didn't have anybody consistently that that could play that right tackle spot and play it well. If Ben Hart can do that, if he can come in and and really take over that role, that really frees him up to move guys around, move guys to areas where they're probably a little bit better suited, and really increase your competition at the guard spots. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, is it fair to say that he's probably going to be if. You know, outside of A.J. Martinez, probably the most watched guy in, in, in fall camp or in spring ball, you think? Yeah, he's, he's in the top two or
0: three because he's got a legitimate—it's legitimate. Like, that's a real opportunity I think he has to maybe be the right tackle. And it, it changes so much about the competition and the conversation on the O-line. The interior at the guard spots— you still worry? It's interesting. Nebraska returns all these starters on the O-line, but you still worry a little bit about right guard and left guard. Mm -hmm. And if Ben Hart is ready, you solve your right guard or whatever, one of the guard spots, immediately with Farniok. And then you've got a lot of guys who can compete for the other guard spot. Bo Wilson and Trent Hickson are – I'm not counting them out by any means, but they're going to have to buckle it up because there's going to be some young guys who are gunning for those interior spots – um Ethan Piper type guys who can play inside um and that, even
1: Turner Corcoran maybe
0: yes the fact that he's already here makes it interesting so yeah Ben Hart to me people always got to have a little patience with linemen I think it takes a year or two for them to really bust out of even if they have the goods to play at those level uh but I do think a lot of people sort of set their watch with Ben Hart just because of what he's all about and his size and everything attached to him and said, I expect him to play by his second year here. And so in a weird way, even though he's pretty young, I think a lot of, there's a lot of big expectations that he's going to be a part of it.
1: It's interesting to think about, you know, last year he, he decided to wrestle. He didn't enroll early. You know, if he would have come in, gone through winter conditioning... You know, could he have worked into that rotation last year? You know, I I think that was the – when you saw him for the first time in fall camp, you're like, okay, this kid is every bit of 6'8", 6'9", but he needed that weight. I mean, he, you, you could see that. And, I mean, it, it's – I just think the offensive line becomes a lot more intriguing if he's able to, to go in there and win that win that job. There are 16 – Husker offensive linemen who are on
0: scholarship on campus at this very moment. So I mean that this spring is yeah, it's uh elbows out, it's going to be pretty intense. I I think your list hit all the main guys. There's I mean you could throw like Ramirez Johnson, everybody's eager to see what what his next step is. I I felt like we saw <clears throat> Ramirez's speed in the brief times we saw him and now or even the Maryland game, there are a few times where you thought, okay, if he had like 15 more pounds or 10 pounds and mm-hmm. the speed, uh, then he's ready. Because there was some tackles where he went down probably earlier than he will want to in the future. Yeah. Um, but Jackson Han is a guy. Uh, everybody was so pumped when he committed and signed, and he kind of just went to the background. So wherever he fits in the linebacker room, whether it's middle or outside back or wherever they want to, you know, put him, um, he's a guy I think people are curious. Is he going to, you know, come out from behind the curtain this year and at least right. be in the conversation? Um, I don't know. Uh, Mosai Newsom's a guy that I think they like. I wonder if he's a year away still or not. And Jameen Graham I would put in that category too, that I, I don't know where they're at in particular, but I'm curious about them.
1: Right, that, that, that would be your five most curious list for spring. Yeah, that's. Do yeah, you mean Graham? Yeah, we've had a, we've had curious lists before. We have,
0: we have. Whenever you get curious in a headline, it's always kind of fun. Um, so that's. I think you uh, were pretty close. So I don't want to argue about it. Okay. Well,
1: that <laughs> makes for kind of a lousy podcast. But
0: oh yeah, you're supposed to embrace debate. Yeah,
1: embrace it. Yeah. Speaking of debate. Yeah, should we debate about Nebraska basketball for a minute? We can. <laughs> Very brief debate. Yeah, let's keep, keep.
0: This is like a debate where they tell you keep your answer to thirty seconds. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> since we last left you, Nebraska basketball has still not won a game. They are currently mired in an eight-game losing streak, and tonight, this was recorded on Tuesday, they are headed to number nine Maryland. Uh, to try to snap that eight-game losing streak against the Terrapins. Um, What's that arena called? We walked by it. No, you? you didn't. I didn't. I don't. Know. It's it's like it's got some like corporate name, right?
0: Oh, does it? Never mind. Go on, go on. I'm making you go past your 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're tying up my time. It's a cool looking oh. building. Um, <laughs> so, Nebraska potentially shorthanded. De- handed Burke. Uh, fighting the flu, Hanif Cheatham showing up in—he's—he's uh, he's got a, a calf contusion. Yeah. Fred Hoiberg says, that "Terrible." Um, and he's—he's he's showing up in pictures from practice this morning, so there's a chance he might go. Um, but you know, Nebraska is kind of in a tough spot. They're going—it's the Xfinity Center, by the way. Um, they're undermanned. They're going through a Big Ten conference. It's just an absolute. Bear of a schedule, and they don't play Northwestern until March, which is probably (laughs) the next time that Nebraska will be a a win would not be seen as a surprise. They play Wisconsin Saturday. Then they come back and they've got Wisconsin and they've got Michigan State. They might get Wisconsin. Think so? I think I think they they were competitive with them in Madison. I'll be in that. I they'll be in that game. Okay. Uh, What 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 have you made of this, (laughs) Brian? Give us. Give us some sunshine going forward. oh no, there's.
0: I mean, I don't. I don't see a lot of sunshine with this particular team. Um, he's he's figuring out the three, four, five guys who you know can be part of this thing in the next couple of years and and maybe matter. I mean that that's what's going on over there this year. And uh, Cam Mack has got to. Um, I, I say bring up Cam Mack because he's the most talented I've seen just as far as like his quickness with the ball is something else and other foes really respect him. They do. They talk about like, yeah, he's a headache to deal with. He's got to be present for this team at all times. You know, he's got to be that guy who, um, is on, gets to meetings on time and doesn't, you know, have to sit out the first five minutes of a game and, and all that stuff. Like, mm-hmm.
1: that happened that one game. Who was it against? Penn State? Uh, Well, yeah. And then he he missed the bus, or was late to the bus, before Creighton and sat that game out. No. Yeah.
0: So there's stuff like that. Like, he ended up with zero points in that Penn State game and never got into it, and his team needed him. And there was an opportunity in the middle part of that game where they still could have had it, Yeah. Uh, as good as Penn State is this year. And so he's got to be the guy, I think, that – um, he has the talent. I
1: just want to see the other parts come together for him. It, it, Nebraska's in a tough place right now because you—it's you, it, going to be tough getting to the finish line for this team. And Fred Hoiberg's challenge is how do you how do you build this program f- for future years while continuing to coach the guys that you currently have? I mean, it, it's it's just going to be hard going forward, and and you kind of have to to find. I think. Individual development, stuff like that, where you know y- you can build around things, and that that's just you know the reality of the situation they're in right now is how do you kind of keep things pointed in the right direction, knowing that you know you, you're you're really there's there's not much to say right now, mm-hmm. I guess, if you're Fred Hoiberg about you know what you're doing right now as a team is he's preaching effort right now. Well, the thing I like that he's doing
0: is he's running his style of basketball regardless of what he's got i mean he's he's saying this is what we're going to be um at some point it's going to involve different parts but we're going to start it off and take our lumps while building the style that i play because you could make an argument you know if you wanted to come in and be a little more competitive maybe although i don't think they would be necessarily you could try to grind it out and, you know, find a way to, to slow down the games and limit possessions and stuff like that. And they haven't done that at all. They've they're, they're playing the kind of ball he wants. And I, I think that's the right way to do it. If I could take it to football, it's like when Riley got criticized and sometimes unfairly, cause you've got to still find a QB who can actually do it. But he got criticized, remember for playing Tommy in mm-hmm. his system. Cause right away and not finding someone else, and kind of setting back the progress of that the program because you were just trying to fit something into what isn't really your style. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like when head coaches say, "I'm going to take my lumps and just be who we are," because um, it's going to have a payoff down the road.
1: Yeah. So uh, we'll see how they do against Maryland, uh, but you know, I haven't seen, I haven't checked the uh, point spread in this one, but the line. It, I, this guessing- is Schaefer would know. Uh, yeah, this is where we. Uh, he's monitoring it right now. I bet probably. Um, the other quick thing we can head on: uh, Nebraska baseball gets underway. It begins the, the bolts era is is upon us. That's exciting.
0: I mean, they're going to be. He's done some things this offseason. Get into
1: it. They they've got a chance. They they return the bulk of their lineup from last year. I think they should. Be there offensively they're going to they're basically going to do try to do what Darren Erstad wanted to do but didn't actually put into practice which is the chaos on the bases they're going to bunt more because as the the Urstad era kind of went along and this isn't you know necessarily criticism they they sacrificed less uh was a lot more of kind of waiting for uh the big hit that you know would or wouldn't come and you know I kind of got into this on the side a little bit. You know, last year they were second in the Big Ten in on-base percentage. So they were getting guys on base. Uh, they were towards the bottom in sacrifice bunting. They didn't steal a ton of bases. So there really wasn't much movement once guys got on base. Um, you know, the, the key is going to be pitching. They have one guy on their pitching staff right now who's thrown more than 50 innings in Division One baseball during the course of his career. Uh your you know, your starting rotation is probably gonna be Gareth Sterr on Friday, probably looking at Colby Gomez on Saturday, uh moving from the bullpen to a Saturday role and then they like Cade Povich on, on Sundays as a left hander, so you're going lefty, righty, lefty, uh for if you're Nebraska. And then it's just sorting out roles. You know, who's gonna be your midweek guys, who's gonna be your long relief guys? I, I think Shea is probably gonna be your closer, uh just based on what he showed last year, but now, how that that pitching gets figured out um, is going to be a big key for this team. So they've preached discipline. They, you know, are, are really, uh, you know, hammering home their system. But uh, I guess you never really know how it's going to look until you, you get, um, get on the field. Oh, yeah. But, you know, you, you kind of mentioned this before, uh, and, and I've heard this a lot, is, you know, there's a lot of, not a lot of hopes, but I think there's a lot of intrigue about about Nebraska baseball and the hope that they can be good based on how football and, and basketball have maybe performed this season. Yeah,
0: I mean, people are younger. If you're like just in college now or something, um, you might have been a kid and remember it vaguely. But when this program had it humming, Haymarket uh, hey was a special place to be, and uh, you know when they're Aiming for the Calls World Series, you didn't. It for a while they expected it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was for a period of time where you expected Nebraska to be in the Super Regional and play like Miami or somebody. Yep, I remember when they came, and it was so exciting. And baseball has fizzled to the background. Um, to me, it be it it's become like number four, behind, you know, basketball and and volleyball mm-hmm. and football. Um, but it can go. It can be up there at the top of the conversation in this state in May and June if if they if they get that thing rolling. And It'll take time, I'm sure. But um, I think I think uh, what's interesting to me is Will Bolt was probably of the coaching hires Bill Moose has made the three major ones. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say it's probably the less it's the less hyped by far. Sure. But uh, in part because you know it's, it's it's baseball and it's maybe below those other sports a little bit to some people uh but yet uh his first year behind the scenes i think if people have been paying attention they've really been moving some parts to to get this to where it can look okay at least
1: yeah and it, it and the thing to remember i mean this this is a team that was one out away from being in the driver's seat for a potential super regional bid last year i mean that they they were playing really good baseball towards the end of last season. They beat up on Michigan. They beat up on Arizona State when, when they were up here. Um, you know, had that run through the Big Ten tournament. And, you know, the, this isn't, you know, a, a rebuild by any means. So, you know, I, 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 Nebraska was picked sixth, I think, by one outlet. I think they were eighth in the Big Ten in another. And I just
0: – that surprised you?
1: Yeah, and I I think part of that's just the questions about, you know, a new coach and also the pitching situation. But, um, you know, I I think if they can figure out their pitching, I think they've got a chance to really outperform those expectations. I just struggle to see this group, you know, scratching and clawing just to make the Big Ten tournament. I could be wrong, but, um, you know, I I think they've got a chance to, to really be better than what some people are thinking nationally. What's the Big Ten look at? Like at the top, you think? Well, Michigan, um, they're not going to take a step back. Uh, Ohio State's kind of a sexy, if if you can have a sexy Big Ten pick. Um, (laughs) But, I mean, they'll be there. Uh, Minnesota, you know, brings a lot back. Illinois always seems to be pretty good. Um, So, you know, there's definitely going to be, you know, some teams that you're going to have to deal with. I mean, Nebraska does have to go to Michigan. Uh, in conference play. But the thing for Northern teams is you have to win your games early. Nebraska plays Baylor. They play three against Arizona state. Who's, you know, the equivalent of like a slow pitch softball team with the way they hit. And, you know, you got to turn them in against some pretty good teams in San Diego. So there's a chance to start quickly. They just have to actually start quickly, which always kind of seems to be uh, a struggle for, for Nebraska in recent years.
0: No Oregon state this year. No,
1: they, uh, and, and actually, they weren't going to be on the schedule anyways. I guess the only change that they had to make when they came in was uh, they were supposed to play uh, Cal State Riverside, uh, which Troy Percival's is the head coach at. And apparently when Darren retired, Troy had not, had, wanted nothing to do with coming to Nebraska uh, for a road series. That so was done, huh? That, that, was, that, was, uh, that was the end of that. So, so this weekend, what's the schedule specifically? Uh, uh... Saturday? Now you got a you got a Friday Friday evening game. You have a two oh five uh, on Saturday, and I think a one oh five on Sunday. All on e- ESPN Plus. Oh, okay. It's a little early season TV baseball.
0: All right. Well, so you're saying they're uh, you're picking them where? Pick them in the Big Ten. I'd say probably third or fourth. Okay. There eighth, you
1: go. Eighth is just I, I don't see that happening. It's unless things just go south. Ludicrous picks by people who don't know the <laughs> program, like Brunson. The, the Big Ten baseball
0: media. Damn I like, them. I like how you called Ohio State a sexy Big Ten. I know, I know. Like sex, like, that's like a sexy, overcast, 45-degree day is what that is.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, with, with a <laughs> stiff wind. <laughs> all right, well, um, that's all we got, I think. Se- 17.5 points is the line tonight, by the no. way.
0: I'd t- I would put my money on Nebraska. All right. <laughs> you you gave me a side eye like, stupid idiot. You're here first. <laughs> well, 17.5 is a lot. That's a lot of points. Nebraska's good at uh, making the score crawl better, too. They, so, have you noticed
1: that? They can scroll a game pretty well.
0: though you know, sometimes it'll be. The, Iowa, would it end up? 24. Uh, yeah. But it,
1: it looked like it might get even worse than that for a while. You get Mate
0: Kavas in there <laughs> knocking down
1: some threes with about two minutes left in the game. Yeah.
0: Um, so 17 and a half is your spread. And that's what we had to say about uh, we
1: covered a lot of ground, I feel like. We did. We did. We uh, Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. We've got a lot of uh, content coming to the site, recruiting content. Mm-hmm. I mean, spring ball less than a month away. March
0: 9th is the opener for that so uh yeah come back to husker 24 7 for all the latest